0: against another, does he dare go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more then matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame can't be that, that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between brothers, but brother goes to the law against brother, and that before unbelievers. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be a fraud? But you yourself wrong and fraud, even your own brothers.
1: All right, so thank you for that. What was the problem that the Corinthians are dealing with? So, if you have a simplified answer, that's fine. If uh, you have a more profound <laughs> thought here, that's fine too. So, what, was, what were they dealing with? What are they, what's going on with uh, the Corinthians here? They obviously had some grievances.
0: We don't necessarily know what
2: those
1: were. Okay, grievances, yes.
0: And then the wrong source. Okay, all right.
1: So they were looking at uh trying to settle these problems uh through a secular court system. What else was the problem? Niner.
2: Selfishness.
1: Selfishness, yes, yeah, I think that's um definitely Stewing, we see that pattern that is happening with the Corinthians. Um, Jim, over here in the left, uh,
3: they were not allowed to be wronged. That
1: is interesting, they did not want to be wronged, and I think, um. You know we live in a culture where we like our rights we expect to be treated in a certain kind of way uh, with a certain decorum with um hey we're americans after all we have rights and we're used to standing up for our rights and what is expected from the culture of how i should be treated I think they have a similar idea here, that it's like, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it. Okay? And so they were going to the secular courts to solve this issue. Jesse?
3: Sorry.
0: it was allowed to make a decision. Would you accept that, right? And that like, it, it's even difficult for me to see, kind of like being able to carry that out in a lot of in our current culture. I mean, in that same vein, where it's like, you
3: can't tell
0: me when, if you know what to do um, when it comes to the
1: student. Yeah. So there's definitely an, an issue with our attitudes with this type of thing because. Um, I don't see this particular problem so much in the church, where we keep um, taking each other to court. But there is some issues with the solution. So let's let's look at the solution. What is Paul saying? You should have done in this ideal problem. What is the solution that Paul is? Hoping to find. Get a couple hands. I see here. Yep. Keep it in house. Okay, so again, this is to keep it in house. Um, this is a problem with brother to brother inside the church. This is going on. And he's saying you should deal with it inside the church rather than outside into a legal system where there is no God that there should at least be someone that you're willing to listen to that's wise enough to handle this situation inside the church that could handle that. I don't want to jump all over, so Karen... Okay. I think that's uh, a big part of that, that there is a wisdom of man, a wisdom of God, that there is a higher level uh, that takes that form. What else is part of the solution? What is Paul saying
3: there,
0: Mike? Well, it seems that he's implying that whenever brother is with brother, that, that we are never to set aside in the spiritual. There's always a spiritual element. That needs to be involved in our relationship with each other. If it's brother against non-brother, then maybe the courts can intervene because there's nothing spiritual about the courts per se. But brother to brother is the spiritual element that for <clears throat> our hearts that has, has to be enacted and, and has to be followed. I agree.
1: I agree. Mitch? So chapters 2 and
0: 3. Thank sure.
1: And that is interesting. I like the way you said that. Someone has to lose, and the problem was, it's not going to be me. This is, I have my rights. I have been um, taken advantage of. There's something that has happened. Somebody's going to lose, and it's going to be you. That's the problem. That's interesting, Nina. Okay, yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, concept here. Um, I'm going to skirt around that issue, <laughs> um, but there uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, there is an internal uh, situation where they should have been able to deal with that. Um, all right, let me, Ryan. Yeah. I was gonna say- they're, they're
0: looking at things very short-sighted. They may be taking the big picture, and what God expects them to do in light of what they will be, or who they will become, should reflect upon how they act today.
1: And so, what is the solution? What is Paul saying here? What would be the best possible scenario that Paul lays out? Not just keep it in-house. Mary?
2: They shouldn't do wrong and cheat in the first place. He says, no, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these to your own brethren. So if they were righteous,
1: acting as Christ, they shouldn't have these grievances. Okay, so avoiding them to begin with, I think, is interesting. Uh, There is some of that uh, familial give and take you know the ephesians 4 2 why not just overlook certain things i think that's a part of that but what does paul say there verse 7 why not rather be wronged why not rather be defrauded that is an a whole nother level, he's saying, Look, you got this problem between the two of you. One of you's wrong, one of you's right. I mean, that's kind of what a, a court decides. He's saying, It'd be best if you just kept that in house and dealt with someone that could listen to both sides in the church. But you know what would be even better? You just say, Hey, I'm wrong. I, I will be wronged. I'll stand up, even though I'm right, I will be wronged. I will be defrauded and I am willing to accept that. That's a whole different deal, Katrina. Because if there's anyone who could stand up and go, I didn't do anything wrong, it's Jesus Christ. And he was willing to step into the fray and go, I'm taking it. If I'm unwilling to, on whatever petty little thing that I've got tensed up, Mitch and I are just fighting this out, and you're going to be wrong and I'm going to be right. And he's saying, man, just be like our Savior. Why not just say, you know what? It's not worth it. I will just overlook that. That's. It's against our human nature. It's again. I mean, try to teach that to your kids. Like, oh, man, you know, like we want it to all be even. You know, everything's going to be just. Fair and it's just like, no, he's saying, Man, you just give it all to them and it's like, oh boy, that's tough. We talked about in essence describing white fighting and instead seek to
2: love and understand your brother, give it up as what she was
3: saying. Yeah.
1: And He's leading to that. He is leading to this idea of just Love each other put each other first the Philippians 2 4, you know, just uh, We keep mentioning this idea. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests But also for the interests of others. It is like what's best for you Not just what's best for me. What are my rights? What can I help you do? I think there's just a, a, a different mindset that Paul is trying to help them mature into, because they have that immaturity problem. But here we go; it's it's very difficult to do. right?
4: Yeah, I mean,
0: this this, this is the sermon on the li- living out. Know, Christ said, "Don't resist an evil one." So, someone strikes hey, well, you on the cheek, turn the other. And so, this Paul's saying, "Don't you remember?" her. What the gospel is, what Jesus taught, you're not supposed to push so hard. You're supposed to say, okay, I'm going to let this go. Our relationship is not worth that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Amen. Uh, so um is it always wrong to use the system that we have in place in our country to deal with certain things? Um I don't need to uh delve into that too deeply. Um Do you have an answer to that?
0: Well in the context, I mean
1: All right, Luke. I
0: think there's an implication here. These are things that would be considered more trivial. Because it says, Could you not accept wrong? Okay, if we're talking about kidnapping a child, that's a different story. Right? <laughs> so it's like, he even says in verse 2, in translation, are you not confident to settle those trivial matters? Right not ordinary matters, experience. Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's what he's doing. And I think so. And, and there is this idea of. Christians suing one another over these things in civil court is interpreted by the world to mean that Christians are no different than greedy, spiteful, heathen. It it is, I'm demanding my rights, and you're going to be wrong, and I'm going to be right, and that that we're no different, and so we're presenting that to the world that we aren't different. And I think that's Paul's whole point of this whole chapter is you need to look different. Dream. So how does this look in our world today? Um, yeah, you know, let's not make the uh, parking lot a bumper car uh, arena. Uh, you know, just start poking each other. You know, um, let's let's not create offenses just so that you have to. You know, this isn't about them. It is only about you. It is about your attitude. You can't turn this back around and go. hmm, It's kind of like the. Uh, uh, the marriage thing, where you know, whichever of you feels more mature, you take the first step, right? I mean, that's that's the the, the whole point. He's saying you have to do this, adopt this attitude in you. Who we got? Robin.
0: Says in verse twelve, in the chapter, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. I think mean, that that's kind of the theme verse. Like, I, I don't know that he's trying to give like a specific law here. For like, well, here's the situations in which it should happen or should not happen. Like, I think he's trying to kind of appeal to their logic. Like, is this going to help the image of the church or the image of Christians by like, you bringing this out in front of the body? Versus there are situations where actually it would be bad probably to keep it secret. Like we saw in like cat Catholic Church, like there were some things going on that were kind of slept under the rug and did kind of hurt the image.
1: All right, so let's um, let's continue with this because he he keeps working this same thought process through the rest of the chapter. Let's look at verses nine through eleven. It says, "Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkers." nor revilers, nor swindlers, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. He uses this phrase, uh, or do you not know, six times, in this chapter, and I'm not convinced that they knew these things because um, we've already, you know, hinted there. In verse two: Don't you know that the saints will judge the world? Verse three: Don't you know that um, that we will judge angels? I don't know that they knew that. Uh, I think he's trying to um, almost shame them, almost kind of again this immaturity. They they felt all puffed up. They had it all figured out. Paul saying, look. There are things you don't know. Don't you know? I think it's a uh, kind of a sarcastic thing here. Uh, and he again uses this phrase that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of the God. Did they know that? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what their level of understanding of this was. And Paul is helping them to understand that. He's saying you have to be different. Again, you have to look different than the rest of the world. These practices are not glorifying God. You are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified you were those other things and and i i love this sentiment because it gives me hope because i have sin in my life i have things that i've done wrong that i know that i've willfully done but he's saying that was that is not pointing in the right direction of where you need to be going you need to be glorifying your, your body. You need to be not showing what everybody else does. You have to be different. Leanne.
2: Maybe I'm interpreting this
3: wrong, but I feel like the link between eight and nine is almost like saying, why do you need them to be punished? Don't you know they're going to be punished? <laughs> hmm.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't uh, put that together yeah, that's part of that.
0: Mitch. It makes me think that he's trying to get them to go back to the cross again. We've seen this um, all through 1 Corinthians already. But again, he's trying to get, at least that's the way I see this in this section, he's trying to get them to remember they were forgiven a great deal. You should be able to forgive also. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. That idea of forgiveness, uh, that um, being Christ-like, I think is important, Jesse. interesting Um, and I I look at this and I I see that difference and I see that history uh, that such were some of you and and I I just am wondering how can we refer to our history to benefit the kingdom Uh, do we do that enough I mean I I don't think it's appropriate to just stand up and you know uh, tell all your, your dirty laundry, right? I don't know that that necessarily is helpful. But man, we need to make sure that we don't present ourselves as these perfect saints. That we are a redeemed people. That the gospel is good news to those who are outside. It is refreshing it is exciting it is redemptive it is all the things that people are needing are we using our again history to tell that story instead of yeah we're all perfect in here We none of us have ever tempted anymore once we were baptized it's all smooth sailing from now on it's like that's not it's, it's not how it works for me uh so, I don't know, maybe a, a challenge for us to think of ways to, again, use our past, our history, to benefit the kingdom. I think that's part of that, right? And on the flip side, we can use our future to
0: benefit the kingdom. Yeah. The kingdom. yeah. When he says, do you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, and then he didn't signify so... Yeah. We will inherit it tomorrow. So mm-hmm. Well, if I know I'm going to get a billion dollars tomorrow, I'm not going to worry about five dollars with yeah. you. I'm not going to worry about a million dollars with right? mm-hmm. you. I'm willing to be defrauded. I'm going to get it all. Tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to get Kingdom of God. So why are we getting after on this journey? There is a balance there.
1: Yeah. Great. chief of sinners, right? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. And I think of individuals in my life that have shared with me their own. I, yeah.
3: I used to be this way. Right.
0: And to, to me, I think it's a testament to the gospel. What else could change people like that?
1: Yeah. And you've seen witnessing, you know, you've seen some of those stories. But oftentimes it's, you know, I was in jail and I was a heroin addict and, you know, it, and now I'm not, you know, I mean, it's like it doesn't have to be that extreme to still benefit the kingdom of God to go. Here's here's where I was. I was just it was not a satisfying lifestyle. There was nothing of substance going on in my life. And Jesus solved that in my life. Good Don't know. Uh, God brings increase. Um, you never know. Yeah. I know.
2: Paul says right here in the context. He lists that big old list of ugly sins. And then he said, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our Lord. So he says. The difference between you and them is
1: Jesus. Yes. And and again, that washed, that made clean. You are the things that you had are now washed away. You are sanctified. You've become holy. There is a closeness with God. You have been justified. You have been made right. And again, that is interesting where we've just been talking about, I'm right, you're wrong, and we're going to prove it. He's like, you've been justified. You are now right. All these other things are not going to get you there. Only through the blood of Jesus can you work through this process. What a powerful three things there. Just It's cleansing, isn't it? It makes your soul refreshed to know it doesn't matter what you did, you can be redeemed. What a blessing. Thank God for that. Who we got, Jesse? Oh, Ryan? I yeah, was right.
0: They are back you didn't
1: understand So I'm not on it, but just Yeah, and again, it's just that you need to look different. There there is that continuing theme throughout this well, this whole book, but especially these argumentations where you can't just look like everybody else. You have to show Jesus in your life. I think that's important. Um Ryan.
0: and what we are here, what our bodies from our spirit. <laughs> and Paul's saying like there's always a spiritual quality behind that physical outcome." And look at look at all of the things that you used to be. So what does the spirit of really doing that? So Jesus gave you the freedom to overcome evil spirits. To, it's almost like falling back under the law, literally, by going to secular law when you've been given everything, um, how to handle it gracefully with, with each other, and that it's on display. It's so funny that you would revert back to another arena that's false. It's if, it, if someone like Pilate's in charge, he's going to ask, what, what is truth?" Court, in his court, it's reversing. Right. Yeah.
1: We have to look differently. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the
0: other thing I would just add to it is we're sort of talking about like we will get the kingdom. And I guess the question would be what if we already have it? What if we already are the kingdom? And again, I think that that puts the emphasis on what you do today has an eternal quality.
1: And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Powerful. Powerful. Um, His next argumentation, uh, verses 12 through 18, I'm going to bypass this for a moment. Um, We're going to talk more about the sexual relationship, the, the... problems that they were having with immorality. Um, I think we're going to circle back on this topic, so I'm not skipping this um, because there's some powerful argumentation here that Paul is refuting from seemingly um, what they are talking about, this all things are lawful for me. Yeah, seems like that's a argumentation. This food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. Seems like it's um, condoning that the body needs to fulfill a sexual um, desire, and that it's a natural thing. We're going to talk more about that. So let's uh, let's jump over to um, let's finish up with 19 and 20, and see. Again, there's a couple more, or do you not knows? And so he he picks that back up in verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So again, he's been talking about this sexual... um, Desires. What is your body for? So I, I know I'm, I've kind of jumped ahead a little bit in the context, but I love this idea of this. Your body is a temple, and wow, that is a um, an interesting concept. We talk about it oftentimes. Uh, a couple of years ago uh, at camp, we we kind of worked through the David uh, scenario and, and uh, him gathering the elements for the actual temple and then Solomon building that and and making that connection that that's all been done away with, that, that God dwells in me and trying to get the kids to understand the power of that. That is a, it's a concept we talk about. I don't know that I am always cognizant of that reality That Christ and the Spirit are living in me. And again, he's saying, Don't you know? I don't know that they knew that. These are, again, these, these same phrases over and over again. I think he's using this as an opportunity to teach them. We're a sanctuary, we have been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus has paid for me. I am not my own. I am bought with the blood of Christ. Powerful imagery. He's saying, therefore, glorify God in your body. Don't just let these natural, instinctive issues... Control and dominate you. He's saying, you've got to be different. You have to look different. There needs to be exuding from you this feeling, this imagery of Jesus and the Spirit living inside of me. That is up. That's interesting. Thoughts on that? Josh, Mitch, and
0: Katrina. Just to deviate slightly from where you were going, I just want to call out that this this passage about our bodies being a temple, it should really be powerful to us. And I say that in part because I've seen its power firsthand. So many years ago, I was studying with a coworker who, Bible believing, but who, you know, we were-
1: It changes the way that we think. It changes the way that we act. It it changes our daily routines when we understand that. I think it is that power.
0: To you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Yeah, good.
1: of red songbooks. I know they don't have it up here, so if you have access to that. We have a song in our red folders that uh, we sometimes sing, but I, I want to sing it right now just because it's uh, so pertinent. Uh, number 69, entitled Your Body is a Temple. I'm going to turn my mic off. listen to these words and um, how this relates to this. So number 69 sing all three verses.
4: Your body is a temple made holy to the Lord. He washed you by His spirit and fed you with this word. If God is Lord within us, what place have idols here? Tear down each passing pleasure and set up awe and fear. Your body is a temple. Near such a price made clean for prayer and worship made faith for sacrifice if pride or the are found there or the sloth and doubt as Christ once cleansed the temple drive them out. Your body is a temple, this fragile mortal shell, is home to the Almighty, where God himself can dwell.
1: Powerful song that is just um, talking about the importance, the um, again that drastic change that happens once we know that Jesus is dwelling in us, that the Spirit lives in our bodies. What a what a blessing it is, and again, it glorifies our Savior. It glorifies. Him when we live in a way that is showing Him not to us, but to God. I think uh, I'm challenged by that. Mike?
0: I just couldn't help but see almost the irony in the last verse when it talks about being bought at such a price, but then at the beginning of this chapter is all about them being defrauded for such a pittance. And so, you know, he's just bringing it full circle and saying, if you really think about it, Everything that being done to you here on this earth is nothing compared to what Christ did for you. Yeah. And so if you remember that, then you won't be worried about And
1: again, just that change in maturity. that It seems like that's a, a mature way to think, that um, we need to develop that more in our sanctification.
3: Um, also,
2: God said, it says, God no longer dwells in temples made with hands. So but within us. Yeah. And so if we're not we don't have him within us, if we're looking for him inside four walls, any four walls, we can't be looking for God there because he's no longer dwelling there. We we spiritually go through the same thing as the tabernacle, the incense and the sacrifices, but the blood sprinkled on us is His blood, and He no longer dwells in the Holy of Holies, but we are the Holy of Holies. And so we need to take care of that because if we want Him to dwell in
1: us. Thanks for your thoughts tonight. This is a challenging chapter, um, a lot of practical things. Luke, anything?